Hello and welcome to From No Crypto to No Crypto. This is the Crypto Coach, Blockchain Wayne, with another cryptocurrency podcast. Today we've got a special guest interview. I've got Davey from Exodus. Now, Davey is the communications manager uh, with Exodus. Exodus is a desktop wallet, and they've just recently released a uh, mobile wallet that has some really great features. So, Davey, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Wayne. It's awesome to be here with you, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You and I have had some some dialogue back and forth online about security and how important that is. And I, I know the I've been using the Exodus wallet for quite a while now, at least the desktop version. I uh, just started using the mobile wallet. But uh, what can you tell us about Exodus as far as the company and kind of a little bit about your role with them? Sure. So at Exodus, you know, one of our main drivers, one of our main motivations is just trying to make crypto accessible to, to everybody. Uh, and what this means is, you know, creating a product that's easy, that's intuitive, that when, when you open the apps, that they make sense to you, right? That sending, sending crypto is easy, receiving Bitcoin is easy, and that everything's pretty much easy to understand. Um, this is a new technology, and for a lot of us, it's still very confusing, and there is a lot to learn. So just being able to have products out there that, that are user-friendly, uh, that's really what's, what we're focusing on right now. Um, now, you know, Exit as being a startup, there's, we're a small team and we all kind of wear a lot of different hats at the company. Um, my focus is communications and I also do a lot of work with customers. Um, you know, a lot of work with education, for example, writing blogs, writing, uh, articles for our, for our knowledge base, um, communicating people on our social media, creating content, and also, uh, more directly with the app you know, figuring out the best way to, to say things in the app, right? So uh, there's a lot of terms that come up, like, you know, we can use the term like, like segwit, segwit, for example. Well, that doesn't mean much to many people. Like if, if you're not really, you know, reading about Bitcoin all the time, you don't know what that is. So finding ways to communicate some of these terms to, to people so they're easily understood. Um, yeah, and that's a bit about what I do. Nice, nice. So. Um... Obviously, I mean, there's there's quite a few wallets out there. What makes Exodus unique? I mean, I love the interface, the user interface, the way it looks. But tell me what makes it unique from what else is out there. So I think that's probably one of the biggest one uh, that you just mentioned is the user interface and it being unique. We, you know, we have something we have, I think, that a lot of wallets don't have is we really focus on the design of the product. And, like, we have our developers who you know are developers who are working but we also have a separate team that's just focused on design on making sure that the experience even everything from the colors we use to the sounds we use to making making sure that when uh, someone opens the app that they really feel comfortable and they feel at ease and and, and good about it um another thing is that that i think is probably that is really like the best thing we have is we have 24 7 support um and which actually gets used quite a bit. You know, sometimes, you know, most, some of us who are in this industry may probably already understand what like confirmations times means and things like that. Like if we send Bitcoin and maybe, it, you know, the miners haven't got around to mining the block, there might be a delay. Um, you know, this is a good example of something that not everyone really understands yet. And they may send Bitcoin to, to a friend and it doesn't arrive instantly. Um, and people naturally people get concerned. They get, they get worried because it's, it's their money, man. And people are emotional about money. 
Um, and they want to know like, where's my money? So we're always there to provide that support to either to get, you know, let them know, explain what the blockchain is, uh, find the transactions for them on the blockchain and just give them that peace of mind that, Hey, you know, the blockchain is secure. It's here. It is. It's, it's public information. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, taking opportunities to explain like maybe in 10 minutes, and, you know, sometimes people want to learn this stuff about confirmations and money. Other times I just want to know, like, I just want to know where my money is. Uh, so just being there for these people. Um, and the fact that we offer that 24 seven, I think for a lot of people is, is a big win. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's definitely important. I can understand from, you know, my early days in crypto when I was just transferring from one place to an exchange and you know, when it's in those, that confirmation time, you're just worried, did I do everything right? Is it going to end up there? So that's, that's a good point and true. Um, but I definitely love what you guys are doing. We need to make this thing easier, you know? Sorry, you kind of cut out there at the end. What was that? I said, uh, definitely, definitely love what you guys are doing because we definitely need to make uh, this whole you know, process easier. And that's, that's really why I started focusing on education. I had a different plan when I got into crypto a few years ago. And I guess it was about a year and a half ago. I figured let's focus on education because the easier we make it for people, the, the, the more people are going to embrace it. And, and I love what you said about, you know, about focusing on just that user interface, just as much as the development of the product, because you're right, man, there's, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of great, and I'm not just talking crypto, a lot of great, apps and, and, and programs and projects out there that just, if the user interface is not very user friendly, they're not going to utilize it. They're not going to use it. So. No, we totally agree with that. And it's funny because actually a lot of, we also get a lot of value as having focusing on support because, because we have such a focus on support and helping people. We're all actually able to receive a lot of feedback from customers and a lot, you know, we're able to identify like where customers are having problems. Like maybe something doesn't make sense in the wallet. Like, so when we learn about what's confusing the people that just helps us make the product better. You know, a lot of people, for example, have problems with uh, using online exchanges. Sometimes like online exchanges can be, you know, can be confusing to people. And, you know, in Exodus, if you've ever used the exchange, like it's, it's really fast. It's really simple. It's, it's on chain. You just pick, whatever asset you want to send out of the wallet, you pick the asset you want to receive and you, there's like a big button there that says exchange and that's it. Right. And, and Exodus kind of handles all that behind the scenes. So, um, you know, we have a lot of customers that are using Exodus for that purpose. They just don't want to bother with logging in with an email, with the password. Uh, and you know, the biggest win here is that you, you remain in control of your funds, you know, with re, only man i can't remember the name of the exchange but a couple weeks ago some exchange pulled an exit scam um i don't remember their name but and then i think two months ago binance right had a hack which resulted in just halted trading um right people couldn't couldn't deposit or withdraw funds for like uh maybe 10 days or so something like that maybe even close to two weeks and that's scary you know like it you just don't have access to your funds and so what exodus is doing is providing a platform where you're always in control of your money because you own the private keys, you hold the private keys. So, uh, and anytime you make an exchange, you're, you're still in control of your funds, right? The funds leave your wallet and then you receive whatever you're going to receive, but it's all on the blockchain. It's not on some website 
where it's just like working like the way IOUs work and things like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something where we also like to, we, we do put a lot of effort in making that experience just reliable and fast. And we have a lot of different uh, partners we work with, you know, and including exchanges to, to make that a fluid experience for, for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Binance hack. I mean, there's been, I mean, if you go back over the last few years, there've been, been quite a bit to where we've got to educate people not to, you know, not to leave, you know, their, their, their crypto on exchanges unless they're actively in, in a trade with it. Cause some people buy it on there and leave it, um, you know, recently, but we also had cryptopia went under, they couldn't, you know, Binance was big enough to be able to withstand a hack that they did, but some of the smaller exchanges just don't make it. Um, Cryptopia. I remember, where, uh, I guess, 2017. It was it was Bitrail was a big one, that not a big one, but one that that basically became insolvent because they got hacked. Um, so definitely, definitely important. Which leads me to my next topic, real quick, man. Let's talk about security. Uh, I know you shared some information with me about uh, security. Uh, what do you think people need to know when it comes to their the details of their security whenever they're managing and handling their cryptocurrency wallets? Yeah, so thanks for asking that, Wayne. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Like, it's probably an area that we don't hear a lot about, right? Uh, a lot of people focus on price action and, and trading, and security is one of uh, just, I think, like a, a huge topic that's not discussed enough. So th thank you for asking about that. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Like, we can look at it in the way of either online behavior or personal security. So let's approach it, I guess, from, from the perspective of, of using, of managing your own private keys, right? Of being, when you're actually being in control of your own money, because when your funds are on an exchange, really the exchange is, is holding the money for you. And you're kind of relying, yes, on your own security practices, but also on the exchange's security practices. Um, but when you have control of your own funds, like, like you would with Exodus or, or other apps out there, um, you know, I'm including hardware wallets here like Trezor and Ledger. Uh, a lot of that security is not just dependent on the application, but it's also dependent on, on, on you, the holder of, of the funds. So if I can quickly explain this, all our crypto assets live on the blockchain. And what wallets like Exodus do is they're just an interface for interacting with the blockchain. So if you have your money, uh, let's just take Bitcoin, for example, uh, you have your Bitcoin at an address, that address is on the blockchain, and what grants you access to that address, what gives you control over that Bitcoin are, are actually the, uh, is a private key, right? Every address has its own private key. And this is what wallets do. Wallets manage private keys. Um, so when you log into your wallet, when you access your wallet, you're actually using the, the private key in that wallet to access the blockchain, to, be, to, to broadcast a transaction that says, I'm gonna send Bitcoin from A to B. Um, so these private keys are just, these are the keys to your crypto kingdom. Uh, and just like the keys to your house or the keys to a safe, anyone who has those keys can access uh, your funds, right? Can access your funds in the blockchain. So keeping the key, these keys secure is just like, it's the, the most important thing for uh, controlling your wealth. And so I can go over some, some things we've seen um, that are just some, some big no-no, some mistakes people have made. Um, 
So when you use Exodus, you get a set of 12 words. It's, people call it 12 word phrase, 12 word recovery phrase, a seed phrase. These 12 words are basically like the master key, right? And in a multi-asset wallet like Exodus, the 12 words are used to derive all the private keys for all the addresses for all the assets in your wallet, right? And I won't get deep into the math, mostly because I, I won't be able to explain it. <laughs> but, just to, uh, but just to understand the, the 12 word recovery phrase, those are, these are the master keys where all the private keys are derived from. Um, so keeping these 12 words safe is you just got to do it. And some ways I've seen where people don't keep them safe um, are, for example, uh, storing them in your email address, right? If you save your email, your, uh, your, your seed phrase or just any private keys in, in your email, uh, and if your email gets hacked for some reason, which is relatively easy, especially if you don't have 2FA, um, people often use the same password for Facebook or Twitter that they do for their Gmail account or a variation of it. Um, and, you know, we've known like Dropbox has been hacked. Um, what was the other uh, credit card company that got hacked? I forget. Was it TransUnion or something like that? Um, but a lot this information can be hacked. And this information can be used by hackers to access your email or other online accounts you may have. And so if someone gets in your email and they see this, your private keys or this 12 word phrase, well, guess what? They now have the keys to your address, to your addresses on the blockchain and can access your funds and send them out anywhere. Um, you know, some people may take, you know, it's not a good idea to take a picture on your phone, right? Or to store it in the cloud. Um, basically, you just don't want to have a digital copy of these keys anywhere, of your 12 word phrase anywhere. Because if, if they're online, if they're on the computer, well, they're vulnerable to hackers. Um, and sometimes, you know, you can be a really secure person, but if someone's really determined, you know, uh, like you mentioned with the Binance hack, Binance, people were really determined to get into Binance, right? And they, you know, sure, I'm sure these people had a, spent quite a bit of resources trying to get in there, but the point is that it's, it's possible. Even with great security, it's possible. So the best thing you can do is store these keys offline. Um, write them down on paper and store them in a safety deposit box or if you have a safe in your home or just wherever no one can find them except for you and, and maybe your wife or, or a loved one that you tell about, right? Um, uh, a solution that Exodus offers is we're, we're actually integrated with Trezor, with Trezor Hardware Wallet. And what a Trezor does, it, it, keeps, it keeps the private keys on the device itself and the device itself is immune from malware and viruses and, and the keys never touch the computer. They never touch the online world. So having the keys on this device is it's actually another great solution. Um, but even with hardware wallets, you're, you're also given a, a phrase, like a 12-word phrase or a 24-word phrase. And again, uh, even though you have a hardware wallet, you still need to be careful and you need to keep these keys, write these words down and keep them offline. Now. You might ask, like, well, why, why, why isn't the hardware wallet good enough? Well, because simply because you might lose the hardware wallet, uh, or it could get stolen. And if it gets stolen, no one's gonna be able to hack into it. But you don't have the hardware wallet, so you can't access your funds. So the twelve-word phrase or the twenty-four-word phrase, um, these are backups, right? That's a backup method. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I noticed recently. I think you sent me some info about how Exodus has integrated with Trezor. Um, this is just kind of a personal question for me, but 
Uh, I've got both, but do you see any kind of future where uh, that same integration is available with Ledger? That's a great question. We actually, you know, Ledger's a really popular hardware wallet, and we, I think this would be a great for the community. This would be a great win. Um, we've had Trezor support for just a few months now, so we're really focused on just perfecting that experience and just making that really, really awesome uh, before we can really start, you know, we know there's other solutions out there, but we're, if you know Exodus, then you know that we're really perfectionists and we really want to make the experience perfect. So until the Trezor experience is just like 100%, uh, that's just where we're going to remain focused right now. But, but yeah, I, I do see a future where other hardware wallets will be integrated. All right, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, at first, uh, I guess some people would think, well, do they have to choose a kind of wallet? Do they choose a hardware wallet? Do they choose a desktop or a mobile wallet? And I, I try to teach people, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but um, you really, you know, need to identify all aspects because of just the way we live in the world, right? And as it becomes more and more prevalent when you can spend crypto, uh, you know, that, that, that hardware wallet could be your, that hardware wallet and desktop wallet could be where you store your, um, you know, a lot of your, your, you know, bulk of your assets, kind of like keeping money uh, in a safe, right? And then the mobile wallet is more like, what would you keep in your wallet, right? That you have available to spend, um, you know, just different levels of, of, of wallets. So. Yeah, I, would, I do share that perspective. Like, you know, for, for example, at Exodus, we're, we're paid in Bitcoin, our salary comes in Bitcoin. Um, so, for me, that it's like where some people it's a direct deposit into a bank account. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, my Bitcoin's deposited into my hardware wallet address. Nice. So my hardware wallet is that's like my bank, right? And and in that sense, I, I'm able to be my own bank and able to control my funds that way. And my mobile wallet, I probably have a maybe a couple hundred dollars worth of uh, of different assets. Um, but also, you know, depending like I have an iPhone, and at least for my iPhone, I feel quite confident in security but uh with mobile it's just nice to be able to trade on the go right to to be somewhere and maybe if i'm i'm not a daily trader but i do like to swing trade and i do like to buy like certain coins that i think are pretty low and i think man maybe this is this is dumped a lot and maybe it's gonna you know bounce back and so for these situations to be able to catch these quick market moves i might move a certain coin into mobile uh, not much, but I'll move something just so if I'm out and I see something happen, I can take advantage of it. Uh, otherwise, I have to go home, right? And, but I do share that perspective of, of the hardware wallet kind of being like your, your bank, your security, and using mobile more like your, your street wallet, like what, you, what you're going to spend. And I, I keep no more than a, maybe a couple hundred dollars in there. Um, and for desktop, I use desktop a lot in the same way I use mobile. Uh, just because not not every asset is supported by hardware wallets um so i can give you an example like you know something I, uh, an asset i personally like is binance coin um just because you know i really i like cz i can say here that it's like maybe it's his personality that, that attracts me to the project but um i think they they do a lot of good for the crypto community just uh in creating adoption and making things accessible um but BNB doesn't have hardware wallet support. So um, using a desktop wallet for that is, is a great option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, Coinbase is, uh, I mean, not Coinbase. So Binance has taken, uh, you know, taking a little bit of heat lately, you know, making, making the announcement they're closing off to the U.S. But I really think in the end that U.S. platform would be a good thing. I mean, of course, I'd love to be able to get on and trade everything that's available on, on regular Binance. But uh, I think they're just really going to be a little bit stricter as far as what goes on the platform in the U.S. Um, just to avoid any kind of trouble as, as crypto adoption grows, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's, I mean, it's just the reality, right? Like, um, as crypto grows, it's going to attract the attention of, of government and regulation is going to have a role in that. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. Ideally, we'd like a, you know, completely free market, but that's the world we live in, right? Until we uh, get to a position where we can make some changes, that's what we got to deal with. Um, yeah. You know, I think as, as the value of people start to recognize really the value of crypto, and and the benefits it can really bring to everybody maybe we'll even you know an appreciation for the free market that that spurred that will grow yeah absolutely man i uh so i i, I normally teach uh crypto at if these financial breakthrough seminars where it's it's not really a crypto event but it's about all different kinds of finances i mean real estate all different kind of investment vehicles and i talk about crypto and i always start out with that picture from the matrix where Morpheus is holding the yellow pill and the red pill, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, helping people understand before you understand, you know, what crypto, you know, what's the benefits of crypto. You got to understand some of the reasons it was created and the, the problems it solved, you know, and that's, that's where, uh, you know, we got to teach people. But yeah, um, definitely security. Uh, I appreciate your passion for security because that's something that I think a lot of people just get lazy with security because they're so used to, even, you know, just password management. Like you said, people use the same password across multiple platforms. And so if they're able to hack, say, a login to a credit card portal, then they could find out what other accounts that person may have. And, and if you got the password, you can get into most of them. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and this unfortunately happens all the time, right? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, you know, for email, just for your listeners, if, if, First of all, don't put anything too valuable in email, but something I think that's, that goes a long way in protecting is 2FA, two-factor authentication. Yeah. And there, you know, there's the more popular apps, Google Authenticator and Authy. So if you're using Gmail or whatever you might be using, get 2FA on there. If you're used 2FA to log into your bank accounts, um, don't use SMS 2FA. This is when yeah. uh, people get like a text message, right, to log into an account because man if if someone knows that you have that you that you're valuable right that that they can if they hack into your system they can get money then they're going to target you and they're going to try to get your sim they're going to try to port your sim card they're going to try to con someone at Verizon or T-Mobile and say like hey I'm this person uh please this is my phone number so they can so they can intercept that SMS so it's unfortunate that that we live in a world like that but uh you know as as great as crypto is the same threats that exist that exist in, in our everyday life from thieves, like there, there's thieves out there that are online that are, that are they're not going to stop. They're not going to quit. Um, yeah. So we just have to keep being vigilant. Yeah. I, I've, um, I actually heard a phrase recently that, that rings so true. Uh, and I forgot who said it. And this is why I'm drawing a blank on, but basically pirates have been around since the beginning of time. Right. And where there's digital gold, there's going to be digital pirates. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, got to protect it. That's what people are going to go after. But yeah, two-factor authentication. Uh, I agree with you, man. That, that's huge because 
it's all about how easy is it for hackers to get. Now, if they're determined, they can crack great security, but most, most hackers are looking, they're looking for to exploit vulnerabilities. So that's right. where it is. I know, I know a few people recently that have been victims of uh, SIM swapping. You know, all of a sudden yeah. their phone doesn't work and they can't figure out why. And by the time they figure it out, uh, they've already had, you know, one of them had their finance account uh, drained out. And luckily for him, he didn't keep most of it on exchange. It's just what he was trading, but it was still a decent amount, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, and, and actually the, to address the security problem, Bitcoin itself as a network has never been hacked. Right. So when these hacks occurred, when these hacks occurred, it's going to be because of the user or, or the systems in place. But if, like I said, if, if you're keeping these private keys offline, um, then they, they're not even able to be hacked because they don't exist online. Right. And Bitcoin is, is a network. So there's no central authority. There's no centralization to attack. It's just, it's a decentralized network. You'd have to attack, like you'd have to get control of the entire network to be able to move your Bitcoin. And there's something really comforting about that, at least for me, knowing that my Bitcoin's on the blockchain, it's secured by a network, right? And I know my private keys aren't on my computer. And the only way anyone's gonna get them, I guess, is if they break into my house or something, <laughs> uh, get, into, get into the safe. Um, I mean, that, that's a whole nother thing though, right? Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I was talking to a security expert a while back, and one thing he said about private keys is also we need to make sure that we, um, you know, keep them in multiple locations, secure locations, but multiple locations. As far as you know, if if you have it, you know, say in your house, and and something happens, say unfortunately there's a fire, you know, is it safe? Is it or like you said, in a safe? If that safe is fireproof, that could benefit, you know. Um, no, yeah, lots of people have. I've heard a lot of different ways to do it. It's keeping multiple locations. Some people even keep don't keep their private keys together. For I mean, as an example, they might using the twelve word phrase as an example. They might keep six words, you know, in, in the bank and in a safety deposit box, and they'll keep another six words like in their home. So you, they need to go to both places. Um, so there's there's a lot of solutions out there, but the main thing is you just want to keep them offline and. And if you're going to, you know, if you have a physical copy, just make sure no one can get them. Um, yeah. I mean, you'd be su surprised, Wayne, like, you know, ha working with a lot of people. And, and I ask people these questions, like, where about security? Because I'm concerned and, and I want to make sure that they have the, t the tools necessary to protect themselves. But people will keep their, their 12 words in, in their desk at work um, or in like a briefcase because they think, well, I'm always with my briefcase. I'm, well, it's my work desk. No one, no one can get in there. It's like, well, maybe no one goes in there, but now I know they're there. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you work, but I'm saying like, really anyone can just open your desk at work. You just never know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Davey. Well, looking to wrap things up, man. I appreciate you joining us today. So tell people where can they follow, you know, where can they follow Exodus? Where they, can they connect with you? Uh, just to get more information, you mentioned blogging, so how can they connect to that as well? So yeah, you can visit exodus.io. Um, that's our website, and on exodus.io, you can download both the mobile apps for Android and, and iOS. You can download the desktop app, and there you'll also find links to our Twitter, which is at uh, exodus underscore io. Um, and that's probably where we're most active. We also have a Facebook page. 
uh, you have to forgive me, man. I can't remember the handle. It's, it's Exodus underscore IO, but it, it, could, it could just as easily be Exodus IO, facebook.com slash Exodus.io. Um, but we're, we're, we're most active on Twitter. And if you hit us up on Twitter, then we're going to respond to you pretty quickly. Uh, you can email us anytime, support at Exodus.io. And you can even email us with questions about security, like our support, it doesn't just have to be because you're having an issue with like the app, like a lot of support uh, questions we get are actually people just asking like questions about, because they want to understand. So we, we love educating the community. And if you visit our website, um, you'll find a link there to support.exodus.io. And we have like over a thousand articles like to help people like, you know, people have been like, what's a smart contract? right? What's the DAP? Uh, where are my funds stored? You know, what's a blockchain? What, what's, what's a cold, cold storage? What is just any, any question you might have, you could probably type it into our, into our support section and you'll get an article on it. And if you don't find an article on it, then you'll get an option to email us uh, and you can ask us yourself. So yeah, thanks for that. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. All right, David. Well, uh, again, thank you for joining us and, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in and we will catch you on the next episode.